This is The Wealth Standard Radio, your gold standard in everything financial. How's it going, everyone? This is uh, Patrick Donhoe, and we are uh, about to start episode 161 of The Wealth Standard Radio. And I, this is going to be a cool topic today. The, the Olympics is going on, and there are... I don't know. I, I find a lot of kind of satisfaction in seeing that, and I always try with you know movies or TV shows to pull out really kind of some some life lessons, things that I can I can apply. And you know, uh, on I think it was Friday, or Thursday or Friday, um, I noticed these two guys, really brilliant guys and smart, and they were talking and they were in this intense conversation. <laughs> and so I go in there and I'm like, hey. And they're, I think you guys, what were you guys talking about? I can't even remember. I think we were talking about cars. Cars. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, and we started getting into like the Olympic stuff. And I'm like, hey, let's just, let's do a podcast about the Olympics. Anyway, so I have uh, my my good friend uh, Bill Foggerin and uh, Will uh, from the Street. Right, Will from the Street. Uh, Will Street's in uh, in house. We're going to talk about the Olympics today, right? There, we have uh, just a couple days left with uh, some of the, you know, main competition, and it's uh, it's exciting this year. So we're going to get into kind of some some lessons that we're taking away from it. Kind of a cool conversation we had the other day, and uh, I think you guys are going to get a lot out of it. So before we start, though, uh, make sure you uh, head over to our website, learn more about uh, Paradigm Life and the uh, the financial principles and concepts we teach. And uh, we have a free e-learning program. We spend a lot of time, energy on really developing that for those that uh, have an intrigue of figuring out a better way to uh, organize and manage their their money and their wealth. And so you can access our e-learning program called Infinite 101 by going to our website and uh, and registering there. Okay, so let's get into the Olympics. All right, so the first thing, you know, one of the because we're going to get into you know Michael Phelps and we'll get into Gabby Douglas and we'll get into you know some of the other things that are going on with you know Usain Bolt and and some of the the, the kind of the celebrities that have been created you know by the Olympics. Um, but first, I mean, just let, let's kind of discuss the the nature of the Olympics and just how how profound kind of this year is compared to previous years. Now, I was mentioning to you guys, you know, I uh, with with social media, right? You now have access to not just information information in the present, but also in the past. I think it's been really cool to see just the contrast, right, between Olympians of like the 1930s and 40s and 50s and 60s and the Olympians uh, today, right? And I think it's, it's fascinating, right? Because you see that, you know, human nature is always improving. It's always, no, it, it may by, be by like tiny, tiny margins, but they add to another tiny margin, to another one, to another one. And they just continue to compound and add. And today, with what we have as far as expectations of an Olympian, right, what would it have been 50 years ago, right? The, the Olympians of 50 years ago or 60 years ago, okay, what would they qualify? Would they even get close? Would they win like, you know, high school, high school competitions? Who, you know, who, who knows? But that was, you know, as you guys have been looking at, you know, some of the, uh, whether it's uh, gymnastics or running or track and field, what have you guys seen as far as that, that contrast? Uh, and how would you relate that to, you know, some of the, the Olympic records that were being broken in the last couple of weeks, uh, the world records that are, are broken and just like that kind of continual idea of, always trying to push the limits doing what you know seemed impossible for the day what, do, what have you guys kind of taken from from that idea well i think it's interesting to look at even 20 years ago when you look at uh well, maybe the 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 olympics we had in atlanta or even barcelona like those those olympics how 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 the athletes prepared then compared to how they prepare now and the pressures that they have on them i think when we talk about social media too it, it's not just 
what they have to deal with um, during during a televised event. It's it's 24 hours a day, all the time, everything they do. Mm-hmm. And these, for the most part, these athletes have started preparing for this from from infancy. Yeah, many that's of true. Them. I mean, when, yeah. when really, you look at it, their entire lives have been to all encompass to, to one or two small things. And, yep. and I, you know, I would be very surprised if it was that way before, yeah. you, you know, previous Olympics were amateur sporting and, and they were, they were people that, that did other things in their lives. Yeah. Uh, athletes couldn't, uh, they didn't have a living. So, yeah. so realistically they had jobs yeah. and then they would go compete in these things that they excelled at, mm-hmm. but it wasn't something that they had done from their infancy. No. Right. And yeah. so Great to point. see that now is just, just an amazing thing and 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 you see how you know uh, everything they have how specialized they are mm-hmm. so even even the gymnasts they all have a a, a specific event for the most part mm-hmm. and that's why or a specialty uh, a yeah. specialty yeah. that's why simone biles is so amazing because yeah. she's great at everything yeah. well most of them are just great at one or two things yep. and 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 uh you know they've done that since they were as long as they can remember i know right? and you look at you know they play the, their videos like their home videos growing up and you know they're jumping all over the place it's it's fascinating it's, it's because it's become a, a, their their life, right? Yeah. It is hundred percent. They give up, you know. They give up proms and they give up kind of the you know the normal upbringing to dedicate themselves to really moments, right? A, a couple of hours here and there of performance. Not even that. I mean, if you look at some of the the running races, it's a few seconds long, yeah. right? It's four minutes long. It's ten minutes. Really, it's preparing for these these uh, pinnacle pinnacle moments. It's 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 fascinating. But you're right. It, I mean, you go back to you know even a hundred years ago, and people you know they, there weren't the resources to support an in, a person in their entire life training every every single day. But on top of that, you also have different training tactics, right? Mm-hmm. You have the physical side of things. We know more about the human body and how it can perform. We also you know from a, a psychological standpoint. They know uh, how to prepare and visualize and so forth, which, you know, may not have existed to that extent, you know, a hundred years ago or 50 or even 20, 20 years ago. Right. But they, it it does. And it's always really pushing the limits of what a human being can, can do. Cause I remember like, uh, you know, the Roger Banister, Roger, Roger Bannister, the guy that broke the four minute mile, the Bannister, right. And, you know, people thought that if people ran that fast, Right, they would die. They would die. Right, it's kind of like you know back in the day when they were venting ve- uh, you know vehicles like uh, cars. If you went over like forty miles an hour, like your body would like start to you know explode because of how fast <laughs> you were going. <laughs> right, That's so right. it's it's just interesting just how you're breaking these kind of the, these these human stigmas that, that we have. So, Will, what did you what did you take away? Well, just you know your point about you know about records continually being broken. It, it just seems like you know uh, you know of course with time that the person has to dedicate, which obviously now lots more time to dedicate to training versus before and improve nutrition and all these types of things. But it seems like even in spite of that, eventually you'd plateau, right? And a record would be set that could never be broken, you know, but even in spite of that, it seems like just about every race, maybe not every race, but continually in different events, you see world records broken. Mm -hmm. You know, Katie Ledecky, um, you know, 19 year old American swimmer just obliterates yeah. the world record by, I think more than a second. I yeah. can't remember which, uh, swimming event it was, but she just obliterated the record. I mean, at one point we were, I said to my wife, as we're watching on TV, you could see her on the screen and it looked like she was swimming by herself yeah. because she was so far ahead right. of everybody else. Yep. And then, uh, and then last night we watched the 400 meter 
and this kid from oh, the South, South African Africa, guy. Yeah, 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 with a 78 year old yeah. trainer, this yeah. lady who is his trainer, <laughs> and he smashes the world record yeah. by like a second and a half. And it just seems like at some point, it seems like those world records would be. Set well, it was like 40. Then, yeah, I think what was what was the guy that uh, had it before? It was like 40. It was my, I think it was uh, Michael Johnson. John, Michael Johnson, yeah, and he, and he had a world record yeah. and the Olympic record, and it was I think it. It wasn't quite below the 43 second mark yeah. or whatever, but it was like 43.08. And yeah. Michael Johnson got like 43.8 or something like that. But it was like now he's just getting closer and closer to breaking the four, you know, the four, 43 second 43 mark. 43 second, yeah. But anyway, it, it's, I think it's fascinating. I, I saw a comment which I, which I thought a lot about, which is, you know, they, they should, they should not necessarily live, but they should have like a normal person, like running, <laughs> running like a hundred meters just for perspective. Or, or running or running like the yeah. 400 just, just for perspective. Right. Cause yeah. you look at that and like, Oh, they're all fast. Like, Oh, you, man, you got like fifth place, man. You're, man, you're so slow. Oh, it's like, but, it, but if you were to look at like a normal person, yeah. like if they just like, you know, Here's video, Steve. video it, shopped, yeah. I don't know if that's Here's, possible, but they, they put a, they had a run like, and yeah. they just put them on yeah. Yeah. Steve contrast. from Tulsa, <laughs> a 41, 41 year old diesel mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you like, need to have someone that can like, comes you know, Steve. yeah, collapse. But anyway, I think that would be, I think that would be fascinating. Not, not just year old college student. Yeah. yeah. Him out. I yeah. mean, here you go. Yeah. You know? Or even like gymnastics. It's like, you oh. know, you look, you know, at the, the balance beam, right. And on the balance beam, it's how many inches is it? Like four it's inches four or five inches. inches. Yeah. yeah it's four inches. And so, you know, if I were to get up there, like just like walking on it, I'd probably yeah. fall on my head. Right. But then you have, you know, so again, just the, the nature of, of that talent, it looks, it starts to look somewhat easy because they're just yeah. doing it over and over and over and over again yeah and so i think the appreciation is is hard to is hard to understand okay so let's let's kind of uh let's kind of shift shift gears and i think we're going to get into a lot of what we've been talking about um in relation to just the nature of the olympics and how empowering it is for for people and how we can take certain lessons and really apply it to to ourselves so let's let's talk about you know one of the the olympic celebrities uh michael phelps right mm-hmm. and everyone's talking about him but i think there's some really cool lessons that we that we learn from him, um, and let's start with the first, which we which we were uh, talking about the other day, which is this this idea of margin of victory. Okay, now the margin margin of victory is basically just how small a difference there is between uh, like first place and second place, and then second place and third place, and then third place and fourth fourth place. And what we were talking about was, you know, you have you have these guys that are, you know, how many swimmers are there usually? Are there eight, eight lanes? Yeah, eight lanes? Eight. Yeah, and they're they're swimming, and you know, you have the guys in like the you know eighth and seventh place, but then you have the guy in fourth place, right? The guy in fourth place, I think that would be the most frustrating. Oh you know, position to get yeah. or, to, or to place because here you, you work years and you dedicate your entire life and hours upon hours and you sacrifice so much and you lose by like two tenths of a second and out and you're outside of, you know, outside of met and the, the stand, the metal stand. So looking at that margin, if you look at what Phelps wins by, it's not like, you know, like the Ledecky, you know, minute or whatever it is by like two tenths of a second, three tenths of a second or hundredths of a second. Right, so looking at really the 99% to get into like the one within one second of one another, that's a lot of that's a lot of work. But really, the last like one percent or half a percent, that is what makes all the difference, right? So what we had talked about was, you know, you look at this this margin of victory and how tiny it is in some of those races, and really you look at you look at life, right? I think you look at life and we get to this point where it's like, wow, this is this is cool, but 
what pushes us to that extra 1% or 2% or 3%. There has to be a very compelling reason to do that. Now, Phelps obviously has it because he has that kind of natural uh, instinct to want to win, right? But as you look at like those margins, what what came to mind there when you got, you know, when we were having that conversation? Like what were what were some of the things that you thought about? Wow, that that tiny that tiny margin is what makes all the difference. It's almost as if uh, Michael Phelps expects to win. So yeah. as he as he goes out and 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 prepares himself, he he doesn't expect anything less but but winning. And even when it looks like it's going to be close, like you said, it's within a hundredth of a second, yeah. which is really, I mean, the length of a forearm reach. I mean, that, that's yeah. or, how or close fingers, that fingers, fingers, like right? fingers, yeah. But yet he always ends up. He yeah. he for the most part, almost always ends up winning. Yeah. What? Yeah, wasn't it? La- it was the last Olympics where right it was in it was fascinating it was right at the end where i think he was he was behind but because he stretched his arms out and right at that that last part because of that reach is why he he won and he also had one that he lost last olympics he had a butterfly race he lost because of the reach he he didn't quite so reach <laughs> and so i think i think he's obviously he's had some experience at this point mm-hmm. and so he he pushes himself to know exactly what he needs to do to do that. Yeah. And there was a, um, I forget her name, the U.S. swimmer who won the, um, the 100 uh, freestyle. She did same thing. She was behind the entire race until right that last moment and ended up taking the Olympic gold. Yep. And it was because of the reach she had. And yep. it was knowing where you're at, putting it in context of the whole race. Yep. And then really the, the difference between, you know, finishing that race one way or the other, and yeah. it's it's a it just a, a a fraction of a second. It is, it, and it, which makes all the difference in the it's, world. It's it's amazing, and I, I think this this time too. I noticed this Olympics is right at the end. He went and it was, again, it was I think it was a butterfly, but instead of reaching out, he made a really short stroke right at the end because oh, yeah. I think his yeah. awareness of like those last few meters just showed him, wow, this is what I have to do to really take advantage of that of that final one percent, final half a percent. So that made me re- made me think of okay, what type of what type of training did he go through specifically for the Olympics? Was it you know the way he kicked? Was it his arm movement? Was I mean I think the fundamentals like he has down. I mean it's a yeah. it's just a it's a natural muscle memory. I mean it's it's a natural part of him at this point just because of how long he's been doing it. Really, I I think of the training and I would assume that it would really be focusing on those last like five meters, four meters, or maybe the beginning right as he as he jumps off the whatever it's called the platform, the platform. or the pedestal or whatever the blocks. The blocks. I don't know. <laughs> right, but it is it is it's really focusing on those like those things that make all the difference in the beginning and right at and right at the end. Right? Anything mm-hmm. that you want to add to that? Um, will know, will I, from the from I just, the streets. Uh, I remember just kind of on this same vein uh, after they interviewed uh, Katie Ledecky. I can't remember which race that she she uh, swam, but she won. And the lady was talking to her outside of the pool and she said something like, you know, how'd you feel during the race and blah, blah, blah. And, and Katie Ledecky kind of smiling, laughing says, I've never wanted to throw up in the pool so bad in my entire <laughs> life because she was pushing herself so hard. that hard. Right. Yeah. But it's kind of the, that same idea where they make it look so easy. They make it look so effortless that you almost, you stop appreciating the fact that they are pushing themselves to the limit, you know, I mean, it's a culmination of years and years and hours and hours mm-hmm. of training. And it's like, they know that that window of opportunity is so small and they're just going to leave it all on the field. Yeah. 
So I think if you look at, again, applying this to whether it's life or applying it to business, I think it's, we oftentimes focus on like the, 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 the big picture, but we don't pay attention to those little things that really push us over the edge and really make, make the difference. And I was trying to think of what those, what those are, but I think, you know, for the most part, it's, it's that whole kind of, I don't know, cliche of going the extra mile, right? Which is, you know, you do, I think oftentimes you have, you know, really the kind of the, the, the American stigma of, you know, doing, doing the, the minimum to not get in trouble, right. Or doing the minimum to, to kind of get by. Right. And it's, it's really at that point, where you see, um, you know, this this habit of mediocrity. So looking at, you know, what to do to make the difference, it's really those moments or those things that you can do, whether it's, you know, staying staying later or, or uh, spending more mental power figuring this out or figuring that out or really having a different motivation to maybe solve this problem or help this person. I think those those small marginal moments really in, in life, I think, are what make the difference, right? Because yeah. I think today is uh, our lifestyle would be uh, the envy of like anybody 100 years ago right or 200 years ago um but yet what makes a difference today i think it's the same principle as far as the olympics right 40 years ago right 50 years ago maybe 100 years ago maybe i could compete with like you know running maybe not right but what i'm <laughs> saying is like the the average maybe high school runner yeah. right could probably compete with the olympic runner okay so i think the bar continues to get set in, in the Olympics, but I th- also think it's in life, yeah. right? Today, I think what goes through our mind and what we're able to do is crazy, right? Because if we were to explain, you know, even for our business or even explain what we're doing right now, we have these, you know, these cameras and we're streaming and we're going to post it on YouTube and we're going to, you know, do, you try to explain that to someone a hundred years ago and they, there's no, they have no concept, right? But yet we're at the point with the kind of the cycle of, of, uh, of life where, you know, we are doing so much more above the margin because we don't necessarily need to go and, you know, kill a cow or, or harvest grain to make, make bread, right? We don't have to do that. We don't have to do that anymore, right? We're able to now focus on higher marginal things, right? To, 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 you know, continue to improve our lives, to improve others' lives. And really, I think as you look at human nature, you have to kind of take that into consideration and realize, wow, what can I do to keep pushing that margin, keep pushing that limit? Because that's, I guarantee, maybe they don't phrase it just like that, but look at, you know, the, you know, all athletes are trying to say, and I guess best bet they'll go back and look at their tapes and look at video and look at, well, I could have done this and done this. It's just those marginal mm-hmm. things, those tiny things where they could have been better in balance or they yeah. could have, you know, maybe, uh, uh ran a little bit harder on, on a vault or they, they could, could have got off the blocks a little bit quicker. So it's amazing just how those tiny, tiny improvements is where the majority of focus is on. Is yep. that crazy? Yeah. And I think, I think, uh, Katie Ledecky is a great example because as she swims, they look at how she swims and she is heads, head and shoulders above anybody else. Mm -hmm. Right. So here she's finishing seconds and half a pool length in front of everybody else. And these are, these are the greatest swimmers in the world. These are not slouches. This is not you and I out there. So this is, this is everybody she's beating. And when you look at how she swims, she's got very specific things they talk about within her stroke that put her head and shoulders above everybody Mm -hmm. else, how she moves her fingers, how she digs into the water, crazy? when she kicks and yeah. how she chooses to kick yeah. over a distance race. All of those things end up culminating in yeah. this big thing. Yeah. And Pat, I, I thought you mentioned something really smart. You said, hey, you know, could people even imagine this 100 years ago? Well, you think 10 years ago. 
Really, if you yeah. look at the technology that's changed since, say, 2006, mm-hmm. the ability to stream this and Facebook yeah. and to connect to other people yeah. and how quickly that's changed, mm-hmm. you know, why would we continue to do the things that that we did 20, 30, 40 years ago? Mm-mm. And because they they don't work no. in today's modern era. Mm-mm. They don't. And I, you're hitting on some such cool, such cool points because I think, you know, really looking at what it, what a human being can do. That's that's the point, right? And looking at Phelps, looking at really any anybody that's in that uh, arena, that the focus on just those small small things are what make the the biggest the biggest difference. Um, okay, so let's look, let's talk about a, a few of the things that relates to, to Phelps. So, yeah. um, one thing I think is the idea of dealing with adversity, mm-hmm. right? Because I think Olympic athletes. You know, they put themselves in in the spotlight, right? And whatever they you know say, whatever they do, the facial expressions they have, like everybody places some sort of meaning on that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think oftentimes, you know, Olympians, they are put in. You know, part of what they carry with them is they're put into the spotlight of being a a role model, right? Being kind of a a representative of a of a country. And I think that is, I think that's huge. But also at the same time, they face an extreme amount of, of adversity. So I thought it was really interesting. The and I'm not sure what this guy was thinking, but the uh, I think he was from was he from South Africa? South Africa. Lecon- yeah, Lecon- Ryan or Chad Lacroix. Lacroix or Lacroix. Lacroix or something yeah. like that. You know, and and I, I thought that was fat I man it went viral right but yeah. it was when you know before the race that he beat him on in the last olympics yeah. from what i understand yeah right he started he was kind of he was kind of taunting, taunting him. him not mm-hmm. you know not conspic you know overly conspicuous but it was more he was you know shadow boxing and he was you know so what looking at looking yeah. at phelps what do you think was going through his mind at that time well if and if if i, I watched that live on well i guess NBC Live, which means that it's tape delayed, but and NBC's taken some heat from that. But um, I watched it, and you know he's shadow boxing, and Phelps looked like Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars, right? With his <laughs> with his hood on and just this <laughs> just this expression of like he was in the zone, wasn't giving him even the time of day, mm-hmm. right? And then when they actually got to the what do we call it, the podium, the blocks, the, yeah, the blocks. there you go, yeah. the blocks. Um, if you noticed, so they were in their lanes were next door or next to each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And LaCroix Le- was totally trying to make eye contact with Phelps. He was trying to get him to look at him, to give him kind of the stare down. Phelps didn't take the bait. He, in fact, Phelps, if you remember his body language, he was kind of turned away from him. Mm-hmm. He was kind of, you know, just sort of, you know, his back shoulder to him. And LaCroix was just doing everything he possibly could to give him the stare down and Phelps was just in the zone. He wasn't wasn't having it. What's well, the it's it's his and I and I think it was it uh, I don't know what he used to be able to combat that right. But I would yeah. also think that training right and oh, yeah. at least the knowledge that there would be taunting whether it was on camera or off camera and being able to deal with that I think is huge because yeah. I would say that the majority of this is not the the physical side of uh, of competing it's the psychological yeah. right and when a person is flustered their focus is gone and when their focus is gone they maybe forget those marginal things that they've trained so hard for mm-hmm. okay so again looking at you know lacroix and his you know that i think that empowered phelps and it's oh, kind of yeah. one of those like catch 22s right it's, a, it's risky because you're either going to force them to actually perform better or you're going to knock them off their game and i think with this he, he Crow yeah, totally spent his energy the wrong way yeah and, and and to go back to what you said i mean this was the race 
that in London, Phelps got the silver, LaCroix beat him, he just out-touched him for the gold. And if it, it like even in races leading up to this, this was where Phelps's focus was. He, I mean, I think it ate at him so bad over the past four years that he got the silver instead of the gold. He had all the motivation in the world. And then when you have this dude shadow boxing and kind of giving the stare down, I mean, I think it just added fuel to the fire. I mean, the commentators said something about not poking the tiger, right? <laughs> Phelps being the tiger. And yeah, and then LaCroix ends up not even meddling. I know. He's Seriously. fourth place, not even on the medal Gr- Great lesson. That was a yeah. great lesson. Okay, so, I, and I think that's where like that famous, the meme came from, which was that him that was like looking at him yeah, and he was it, like- Yeah, over. it was a yeah, picture just perfectly of Phelps just attacking the water straight ahead. And he was looking over and at LaCroix's him. And LaCroix's looking straight over at Phelps. That's crazy. Yeah, and it said, I think the, <laughs> the, uh, the quote or the caption said, something like winners focus on winning losers focus on winners. winners yep yeah cool all right well one there's one final thing with phelps and i think we'll leave that leave that to the end because i think this is this is a very very important point uh, but it's the idea of, of fulfillment right because mm-hmm. we learned with phelps that you know with this olympics of kind of his background and some of the the things that he was doing because you know he always had the olympics as his focus and that was what fulfilled him but then he started to, to lose that so at yeah. the end we'll kind of focus on you know uh how he went through adversity and what what came of it uh, but let's let's kind of get to let's go to a few other the athletes that are famous and try to pull pull some things from mm-hmm. that um so last couple nights we had uh usain bolt mm-hmm. right the the fastest man alive okay and this is what i you know as i was watching the race on uh on uh, last night it, it what was fascinating to me is just how his entire preparation everything leads up to literally like nine seconds right <laughs> it's like years and years hours and hours training and sweat and calories and everything leading up to nine seconds right so talk about margin right and again looking at these guys run you know if you were to put like a normal person up (laughs) against them like it's hard it's hard it's because they're all like fast right they wouldn't be there if they if they weren't able to have a natural uh, ability to you know to, to run faster than anything but yet, you know, we go and we, we look at them. And it, but at the same time, it's, you know, just how fast they are when the camera is following them is, is fascinating. So the nine seconds. So looking at that, talk, let's talk about the mental game there, right? For that, just that, that nine seconds that, because you know, right, nine seconds goes by like, like that, yeah. right? And it's one of those like, how, how, do you, how do you prepare for just tiny moments like that? And I think it's, <clears throat> when you look at it, it's every, every movement they've got. So from their their cadence, how they move their arms to the position of their head to where their eyes are focused. Mm -hmm. I mean, that race is so fast. It happens so fast and it's over so quickly that that everything comes down to to very specific Mm -hmm. um, movements. They know exactly how many steps he can take in that time period to get to where he needs to go. They know how quickly his head needs to reach a specific position off the blocks. So he's, I mean, they're ready to go and, and you have to be focused to be able to do that. And the difference between first place and fifth place is just a fraction of a second. It's, it's, it's half a step in, 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 in how quick they yeah. are. But that makes all the difference in the world, right? Uh, nobody even looks at the eighth place runner no. in that final. Huh. Nope. And, and you have to think that final... That final is, is has taken four other races to get there, yeah. and sixteen <laughs> heats of those four races, and also the the qualifications, you know, yes. the months before. That that that's the thing. So <laughs> it's 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 it it takes you know really four days of work to get for that nine seconds, and 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 five other races. Yep. So 
um, you know, it's amazing to see the focus that they take. Yep. The thing that that really surprised me is I watched the uh, um, uh, the U.S. volleyball team play, and, and I watched them play China, and they and and it's a the, the team uh, women's volleyball. And as they did that, they showed their psychologist in the stands, oh, really? and as he was taking notes, and he was going over specific things that he's gonna probably bring up with them later. Yep. And and you know the difference between winning and losing is 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 not the muscle memory not not the things that they know to do it is their focus and and how their focus is 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 put into play yep i think yeah. so looking at a couple of things that you said uh i think it was the what was the guy that ran against uh bolt the, yeah, the justin, american guy justin gallon so i think they were showing a video of like the world championship yeah, and he was yeah. he was beating, beating bolt him. but right at the end flailed his, his arm, his arm it was kind of like he prematurely mm-hmm. was what you know thought he you know crossed the finish line and his body started to kind of flail but what it is it's it's as you said bill it's that that slight movement that compounds the body out of control Right. If you take the wrong step or it's not short enough or long enough, uh, then it affects the entire nine seconds. So it's just that small, tiny movement and lack of focus that compounds the entire thing out of control. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that fascinating? Just how just these slight, slight things completely ruin everything. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to so say? So I, I was just going to mention, just going back to you saying Bolt. Um, well, actually, two thoughts. So we, we were talking before we started this podcast about the guy who jump the gun right who oh yeah all started right where that's one thing that that and really in any of those events you know the the high speed events right the swimming the sprinting yeah. is their ability to react to that starting gun For right sure. and that guy i mean it, it really wasn't even close i mean he jumped the gun <laughs> like crazy yeah. but it's everything in your in your head, and I would guess that for him that was a psychological thing. For He's sure. thinking, I've got Usain Bolt two lanes away from me. Yep. I've uh, got to react quicker than he does. Yep. That's my competitive yep. edge because all other things being equal, he's going to beat me, yep. right? And that causes him to to fall start. Well, there's disqualified. Well, there's this. I mean, there's this thing. This this this. Uh, I'm not sure what you call it, but. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about EQ, right? So yeah. you have IQ, right, which is your your intellectual quotient, but you also have uh, EQ, right, which is the emotional side of things. It's emotional intelligence, and I think there, it's when you get there, your body is just naturally firing, right? And it's firing adrenaline, it's firing nerves, it's firing everything. I mean, I, I, I kind of, you know, when you're watching those oh, races and you're in so it, nervous. you feel the same way. Yeah. Right? Think I about hate how the balance they're... beam. We skip the balance beam because I can't you're too take nervous. It. My emotions. I can't. Like, take oh, it. don't jump over your neck. But it, but as well, but look at look at how that control. Because you're right. Because that false start, he's now disqualified. He's yeah. The years, the effort, everything, and because he jumped that gun, which he trained so hard oh, for, you feel so bad. But yeah, I know. all those previous races, yeah. all the yeah. previous, all of it just down. to get there. I know it's cr- it's insane. Then the the other thing I was going to mention too about Usain Bolt that I think is interesting, and to go back to so there's I, I watched uh, I like how they do these little videos and things in between like the races, and apparently there's this kind of this fun rivalry between Gatlin and Bolt and. Um, I thought that it was interesting that, you know, in that race, Gatlin was winning and he kind of flails and and ends up losing. Um, And generally, Usain Bolt is a poor starter, right? That's what they've kind of talked about. Gatlin, on the other hand, is a quick starter. He gets up and out of the blocks so fast. But and then Bill mentioned, you know, the number of steps. Um, the commentators are talking about how for a normal size, normal height racer, right, right, everybody else other than Usain Bolt, they take 44 steps 
44 strides in that 100-meter race, Usain Bolt only takes 41 Ooh, because he's 6'5". His right? legs so are It takes long. a little bit longer for that stride because it's so much longer to turn over. So for him, if you think about his sort of mental fortitude, he knows what's being said about him being a poor starter. He knows that a guy like Gatlin and some of the other racers are going to get out of the blocks quicker than him. But he knows in the back of his mind that he's got to turn it over 41 times. And if he does it, he's going to win, right? And that, if you look at his races from you know, world championships, previous Olympics, he doesn't start out of the blocks faster and just dominate the entire race. Mm-hmm. He'll, he's usually maybe third, fourth place, kind of the first half. Mm-hmm. And then once that big stride gets the last fifty, in, the last 50 he's, meters, he's obliterating he, everybody. Yep. And they said how... Most racers are starting to slow down by the time they hit to the hit the finish line. Yep. He's still speeding up. Yep, and it's the whole like it's not how you start, it's how you finish yeah. type of yeah. type of conversation. But but you're right, and I think everybody, you know, you look at all human beings you know, from a physical standpoint. You know, everyone has a strength, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's size or weight or proportion, right? Now, most human beings are structured, you know, a certain way. But you know, for gymnasts, they're they're tiny, right? And it gives them the upper hand. If someone was like your height, you on the balance beam, that's yeah. that's that wouldn't look very good. I would good. be so. I would be a mess on the balance beam. I could probably walk across the balance beam, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I don't even know if I could do that. <laughs> just do one of the pirouettes. Oh, oh just turn direction. Uh, just do one. If, if, if the balance beam were lined with like those foam cubes, oh yeah, under, like, then, then you take some risks. Bit, you take some I'd, risks. I'd be willing to take a risk. Oh jeez. Okay. All right. Well, but I think you look at you know everybody has. I don't know if there's like a per, a perfect frame. Right now, everyone says, okay, Phelps has, you know, big feet and he has long, he's long, Huge wingspan. you know, so I, I think that, you know, there's always this kind of physical, you know, uh, these physical attributes that, mm-hmm. that help. But I think in the end, really, everybody's going to have a weakness. And so where is the weakness made up? And I think a lot of it's the psychology. And I think you look at Hus- uh, Usain Bolt and, you know, really his... He's he's become a uh, a spectacle because he's an entertainer. He's not a he's not a jackass, but he's an enter- he's an entertainer, and he does it. You know, he does it. He, he pulls it off pretty well. Yeah. But I think also he does it from a psychological perspective, right? I think for him, but also for others. Now it's not taunting, but I think it's strategy, right? So from for him, it's it's what gives him calm and composure, where he's you know dancing and whatever. So you know it again, it, it removes the nerves when there's a, when there's a calm there. But I think at the same time, from a psychological standpoint, what does he always do toward the end? He's always like this, and, this around, and, he, smiling, and he slows yeah. down, right? Mm-hmm. He slows down. I think he strategically does that maybe. I don't know. I'm just just me thinking. But strategically does that, right, to show the other racers that, wow, they they get a, uh, ahead of him, and they're like, whoa, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. But then, boom, he comes in and tackles him toward the end. He's the you know the guy that makes up for it in the last the last 50 meters, yeah. as, as we said. So I think there's some really cool things to, to think about to think about there. All right, so with a few minutes we have left, let's, let's kind of get into uh, – some of the disappointments. I know this is not you know, the best thing as far as the Olympics are concerned, but uh, I know Gabby Douglas was one of those where you know she was a superstar last year or a lot of the last Olympics, and you know really this Olympics she you know wasn't able to make the I guess the team thing, and she was yeah. she you know so uh, so looking at you know and I know she's she's dealt with it well. But that is one of the biggest things I think that is very difficult for athletes, and this is what we'll get into to Michael Phelps as we end, which is you know they 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 spend all their their entire life. I mean, look at what they go through mm-hmm. for these moments, okay? And in those moments, in the end, it's those marginal things, and sometimes it it just doesn't work out. And I think if you look at really Olympic athletes, they have something so special. 
but yet the application is really singular if you think about it. And I think the the Olympic athletes or just athletes in general that have really um, understood what they what they have and the skills they've been able to um, to gain is because they've spent work, they spent effort, um, they understand what it takes to receive or to achieve a certain end. Right now, their initial end was uh, was physical. Right, it was athletic. It was the Olympics. It was this event or that event. Okay, but really in life, the same life business whatever it the same almost the same principles apply okay so from a disappointment standpoint when the idea of disappointment what are what are different ways what are good ways bad ways neutral ways in which people deal with disappointment like for her um what what are some of the things because you could you could tell right you could tell that you know on her face you she's just you know that it was there there was some there was some pain there but in those moments what are what are the ways in which people uh from an empowering standpoint deal with and leverage disappointment well i thought gabby douglas was really good in the way that she she dealt with it because she she took that and and made it part of the team aspect so her support of the other members of the team and they've mentioned that several other members of that team came out and said hey listen she's my number one fan and she's been more supportive than anybody else and she she did, didn't get to compete yet she was still there the entire time and and supported those uh the members of the team that 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 did get to compete and so you know you look at that um you know she she could have chosen to not be there she could have chosen to to have not done the number of interviews she's taken she's taken heat on social media she's taken undeserved heat on on um lots of different platforms and really she she could have just walked away from that and made it very easy yet mm-hmm. she's made herself available for the press mm-hmm. she's been there the entire time um uh for her teammates and that's really kind of been her focus mm-hmm. and i think you know you can you can do that in life and that if if life isn't really working the way you want it to be, you can change your focus and make a positive out of it. Absolutely. And and, and I think that's something I took from what she yeah. did. Yep. Yeah. And and I think for me, and, and this, you know, Gabby Douglas and really across the board, I mean we've obviously we've talked a lot about how much time and effort and training goes into ten seconds or two minutes or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who you know, a guy who plays in, in the major leagues strikes out four times He's got a game the next day, right? Or somebody, you know, in the in the NBA, LeBron has a horrible game. He's got a game the next day, right? These guys come back, they've got another shot at it. It's short-term memory. They always talk about that, you hmm, know. Great point. Just put that into perspective. Tomorrow's another day. Let's do it. These Olympic athletes don't always have that luxury. I mean, the Olympic stage comes around once every four years. And for like a gymnast where the prime of your life is like your kind of late teens, you know, 16 to 19 years old. You may get one crack at it, maybe two. Mm-hmm. And so you put everything into it to fall short. I mean, that would be, that it could be devastating, right? And I think, I think the, the way that, that, you know, Gabby Douglas or others who have kind of experienced that disappointment, I think the way that they deal with it, and probably the thing that gets them through and maybe the, the correlation to life is that there's more to it than just this one singular event, right? Mm-hmm. That this isn't what defines your entire existence, mm-hmm. right? For for those of us who come to work each day, yeah, I, and I, I'm very critical of myself. Mm-hmm. If I fail or if I experience a disappointment, I struggle with it. Mm-hmm. 
But at the end of the day, you just recognize that tomorrow's a new one. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll have other opportunities and you just go back to work. You go back to know what you, you know, what you know to, to work and to, you know, develop success and you, you make it happen. Yep. And I think this is, I mean, I think this is indicative of, of Michael Phelps struggles, which I yeah. this is what I wanted to end mm -hmm. with because, you know, I, I, you look at these, these human beings, right. And they, they're achieving amazing things and they're pushing they're pushing limits they're they're inspirational motivational to us and you look at a guy like michael phelps who who i don't know if there's ever anybody in the history of mankind that will ever you know do what he's done at this point right mm -hmm. which is you know the medals that he's that he's won the records that he's he's set um but leading up to the olympics right he was things weren't going so well even last you know in london things weren't going so well for him and, you know, he was very vulnerable in some of the interviews that he did. But if you look at a guy, and, and I think people epitomize him, they, they put him on this, this, this stage, this pedestal of this amazing person because of what he's been able to achieve. But yet, you know, he was on the, the brink of, of ending his life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think you look at this, you know, in other, with other individuals, you know, Robin Williams is one thing where, mm -hmm. you know, he won all these amazing awards, but yet in the end, uh, obviously didn't find fulfillment in, in life. And so I think you look at you look at Phelps and and it is it's a slippery slope because you get to that point and you're finding fulfillment in something that is not going to be permanent, right. right? And that is I think very very difficult. But at the same time, what was fascinating is he um, he did seek he seek, uh, sought help. Uh, Ray Lewis was you know one of his uh, mentors through this this whole thing, and he really you know turned his life around in a sense not from you know a swimming or an athletic standpoint, but just but just in general and being able to find fulfillment and. It was really cool to see kind of him in his interviews and saying, like, my, my life isn't over. I have other stages. Yeah. And he's come to grips of how to make that transition and find fulfillment and win in other areas, areas of life. And I think oftentimes, yeah, with, with disappointment, we, we find ourselves with, with a, a choice, right? The choice is, is the disappointment a lesson for me that I can be better? Or is the disappointment um, something that is going to take me out of the game? Yeah. And you look at, especially athletes, and whether it's a Gabby Douglas or whether it's, other, you know, they're experiencing disappointment, but look at all the lessons that they learned from it. And looking at them, I think, you know, there's probably been uh, broken bones and hurt shoulders and whatever throughout their career where it's, wow, that's a disappointment, but they learn to overcome it and be better. And that's just the nature of the Olympics, which we talked about in the beginning, which is you're always pushing the limits. And in order to push the limits, you have to fail, yeah. right? You have to push and whether it's failure that is outside of the, the spotlight, right? Or it's failure in the spotlight. And really, I think failure oftentimes is is we, we define it and put a negative meaning on it. But failure is one of the greatest things that we can do because it shows us, wow, there is a right way. It didn't happen to be that one, but yeah. but it does exist. And I'm going to go try and do, you know, doing do something else. Try this and try that and try that until it works. And I think that perseverance, that attribute is, you know, indicative of why those athletes are in the, at the level that they're at. So I think as far as correlating a lot of these lessons to, to life, right, that's what we're doing, right? We're, we're trying to find fulfillment. Yeah. We're trying to push limits. We're trying to get to next, to next levels. And it is empowering and motivational because they're doing it on a physical level, but it's also a psychological level. Mm -hmm. And it shows that a human being can achieve amazing things, okay? We can achieve peace. We can achieve relationships. We can achieve success. We can achieve fulfillment. All of that is is possible and if it doesn't exist right now okay all that we need to know is that it is possible and if that is what our knowledge is that's what our perspective is now it's just going to take a little bit more perseverance a little bit more effort a little bit more uh, self-introspection and and from there it's doing what it takes to get to that next level all right guys well 
this has been kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Talking about the Olympics. And uh, thank you guys for participating. Yeah, appreciate it. Cool. Thanks for having and, me. And uh, everyone, appreciate you guys uh, listening. And we'll, uh, we'll be back next week with another uh, exciting topic. And that's it. Talk to you guys later. You've been listening to the Wealth Standard Radio Show, your gold standard in everything financial.